All right, so let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, you have been so good to us this morning. You have been so powerful. And uh, I just ask God that though I can't get this whole message done, that you would help me to begin to start something um, that would really, really change and transform us into the men and women of God that you want us to be. Father, you're speaking, you're drawing our hearts closer, and God, we just say uh, we want to be fully devoted. As the early church was, they were devoted to the apostles' teachings. teachings. They were devoted to the breaking of bread house to house. They were, they were devoted to fellowship and the caring and sharing with one another. They were devoted to prayer. And Father, there are many, many things going on in this house, in the people of people's lives, that Father, we need to be a devoted people to you. Devoted followers. Devoted disciples. Father, forgive us as a people, as we've added you to the many things that we add to our life, rather than you being the central focus Lord, may we not add you to our life. May we make you our life. So, Lord, we love you and we praise you and we thank you, God, for who you are. Bless this word. May it glorify you in Jesus' name. And everybody said, <clears throat> so today what I want to do is I want to, I was going to move on in our series, <clears throat> excuse me, I was going to move on in our series that we had started about the Acts Church and and when Denny Kramer came three weeks ago and shared with us, I really felt uh, something from the Lord uh, that, that I needed to tag with him. So today what I'm going to really do, in essence, is you're going to hear Denny Kramer's prophetic word. Uh, you're going to hear it again. Is that okay? How many were here actually when Dennis Kramer was here? If you would raise your hand like this. So there's a few of you that missed it. There's a few of you that missed it. Okay, that's good. <clears throat> in essence, you're going to hear it again, but it's going to be through my gift and through what, what God's put in me. And I'm going to share some things. I'm going to get real vulnerable with you in my own life today to kind of share some things about what the Lord has done just in the last three weeks with me. But how many of you actually got a prophetic word when Dennis Kramer was here? Several. Yeah, Shelly wasn't even here. She was in Russia and she got a prophetic word. How's that work? And I know those prophetic words, many of you were very encouraged. How many didn't get a prophetic word? Well, I've got news for you. I've got really good news for you. All of you are going to get a prophetic word today. Because actually, every one of us received a prophetic word that Sunday. Dennis preached prophetically to us. Every one of you received a prophetic word. I know anytime I get a prophetic word, what do, I, what, do we, what, do we, what do we teach here that you should do with that prophetic word? Write it down. Pray over it. Get confirmation. If it's a not now word, you kind of simmer on it and wait to see it come past. But we write it down and we pray about it. And we list out what did God say he was going to do and what did God say he wanted me to do. 
And so I have to partner with God in what he's saying and what he's going to do. But there's always a part of the prophetic word that I have to cooperate with it. And there's something that I need to do with that prophetic word. Many people sit with the prophetic words and just wait and wait and wait and wait. Well, today what I'm going to do is I'm going to unpack what he said to us and refresh our minds. Because here's what the Spirit of God told me. Is many of us listened and heard what he preached, heard what he said. But not a lot of people did what he said. Does that bear witness with you? Is that okay? Yep. So in some ways, it, you can take this as a correction, but I'm not seeing it as a correction. I'm seeing this as an emphasis. I'm seeing this as that there was a prophetic message that was brought forth and that God's wanting to emphasize something to us. And so I'm bringing it back up, and we're going to repeat it for revelation purposes. Are you guys cool with that? So see, please don't take this word today as uh, shame on you or whatever. It's not that at all. But um, if you weren't here, what, what Dennis said, and hopefully you remember some of the points that he made, but Dennis's big line was your generosity determines your prosperity. Do you guys remember that? Everybody say that with me. My, gener my generosity determines my prosperity. Is there anybody just got just crazy, crazy loads of money beyond what you can handle? Is there anybody just got, it's just oozing out of me, and I've got more than I need, and I'm just generously giving it away, hands over buckets? Would anybody agree they may have some lack when it comes to finances? Michelle's word last week, Sunday, which was prophetic, she started the prophetic word out with, even in your lack, worship the Lord. Even in your lack, worship the Lord. And she went over, what are you believing God for? And it was lack in our prophetic destiny, lack in, in, in our finances, yes, but lack in our uh, seeing what God has said over us. And so Denny brought two points that he said that would help us realign ourselves with heaven so that prosperity of God can begin to move toward us rather than away from us. How many want the prosperity of God to move toward you rather than away from you? Hello? And so I'm going to unpack that a little bit. And so he said to me, they listened, but they didn't hear. So I want to, naturally, we know there's a scripture in James chapter 1 uh, concerning, sorry about that, there we go. I think I may have turned it off. We do not want to be people who merely listen to the word. Can I have an amen on that? But James 1.22 says, do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at himself in a mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. But, everybody say but. Whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom, how about you want freedom in their finances, and continues to look in that, not forgetting what they have heard, but doing it, they will be blessed in what they do. How many want to be blessed in what they do? Now, Dennis was talking about money, and I realize that generosity determines my prosperity is, a, is, is not only a prophetic word that he brought forth, but it is in the word. Whatever a man sows, that shall he reap, right? I mean, the, the Bible talks about this in multiple places. 
This is scripture. This is, this is not something that he was pulling out. I mean, but, but we, we realize that that is the word. And it, it isn't just in money. It is definitely, if, I am a, if I'm generous in my serving of others, it will come back to me. If I'm generous in my kindness, in my, if I'm generous with anything in my life, that produces prosperity in the area that I'm being generous in. Can, is, are you guys in agreement with that? So, I mean, I, if I'm generous with my kindness and my love, guess what I get a lot back of? Kindness. kindness I mean, it just happens. And there may be a delay in the process of how quickly it comes back to you, but it comes back to you pressed down, shaken together, and what? Running over will be poured out into your lap. How many of you need some lap time with God? You need any lap time with finances? Is there any lack in your life? And I think we would all say yes. So today, what I'm going to do is I'm going to start a message on finances, a start uh, on money. And I have been in finance, and I took, when I went to Ball State, my major was finance, and I had a double major in management. And little did I know that when I was in banking all those years, he was preparing me for ministry in the, in the house of God. Craziest thing. And I know you guys know that testimony. Finances has definitely been something that has been, um, I know the world's way of finances, I was taught in the world's way of finances. But I also, there is a thing in my life when it comes to the kingdom finances that I believe God wants to get to us. And, and I believe he wants to bring something to us in a powerful way. But what I want to do first today is I want to shut the mouth of the enemy. I want to shut the voice of the accuser. In Jesus' name, Satan, you accuser, shut your mouth. Do not, you will not distort this word from the people of God today in Jesus' name. Because I am not after your money. I am not trying to increase the offerings of New Covenant Worship Center. I have backed away from sharing sometimes in the area of finances because how many times have you heard, oh yeah, all preachers want money, they just want more money. And so they justify not giving because they think the motivation is wrong. But I declare to you in Jesus' name, I want something to come to you. I don't want anything from you. I want something for you. Because I see the body of Christ is lacking in the area of finances. <coughs> Terribly lacking. And there are so many needs in this house and in our community, and on the mission field, that we cannot fund because people are bound financially. We can't fund Joel's mission trip. We can't fund Gage's mission trip. We can't fund the, 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 the things that we need to do to our building. We can't fund ministry the way we want to fund it because the body of Christ is bound. We can't pay Tom Preble or me or anybody else what we want to pay them because the body of Christ is bound. Ouch. Everybody say ouch with me. But we're going to shut the enemy. So at lunch, Dennis took me, we went to lunch, I took him to lunch after. And he said, Eric, he said, man, it just keeps going over my mind, my mind. He said, how often do you preach on finances and money? I said, never. 
I said maybe one or two times in the 22-year history of the church have I done it. And Dennis said, he said, so let me ask you, he said, how are the finances of the church doing? I said, they're tight. <laughs> he said, you need to preach on giving and generosity so the people get freed up in their finances. And this is for them, it's not for you. They are bound financially because they are not sowing generously. They are bound financially because they're not honoring generously. They're bound because they need to change the way they spend money. Everybody say, I need to change the way I spend money. I need to change my relationship with money. And Dennis said they need to make some corrections. And so, church, hear me when I start this message. I'm with you, and I am going to share a journey that I've been on just for the last three weeks. I'm going to get vulnerable with you on what does it mean to be a doer of the word and not a hearer only. Because here's what's happening in the body of Christ and all the way around us. We hear the word of God, and we, we say yes to it. But we deceive ourselves because we don't do it. And so we deceive ourselves into thinking we've done it, but we haven't done it. And I'm going to talk about how do we do the Word of God. This last three weeks, how I began to do the Word of God in my own life, I'm going to get vulnerable with you in the area of finances. Because I took Dennis Kramer's word very, very seriously. When I preach today, do you take my word seriously? Or do you see the flaws in my life and discount the word that's coming from me and say, oh, it's just sorry. When, when, when the guys preach tonight, we can, we can honor and, and believe God's speaking through them and hear the word and then do the word. And so I'm going to share on that. But I, I want us to say this together. Repeat it with me. My generosity determines my prosperity. I'm going to say it again. Let's do it. My generosity determines my prosperity. That was the prophetic word. Now, what is prosperity? When it comes to money, prosperity is a thriving or flourishing condition, especially in financial respects. How are you doing at thriving and flourishing in your finances? And then, how are you doing in generosity? Generous is being liberal or abundant in one's giving or sharing with others. I know the answer to that because I know people's finances are tight, so I don't even have to ask that question. But I want you to understand that prosperity is thriving and flourishing with your finances. And if you're not, Denny gave us two, really three things. He gave us a couple things that we needed to do in order to realign our lives with heaven, in order to realign our finances with heaven so that we can break into the prosperity part of God. Does anybody remember what those two points were? Two and a half, kind of three. Hmm? Okay. She said, repent for in the past where you've not been generous. Well, here's what he said. He said, number one, you need to address, address your financial past. He said, you need to ask God, is there anything that needs addressed and cleaned up? My question is, did you ask? Were you a listener of the word that brought forth? 
Were you a doer of that word that Denny brought forth? And so I'm going to share with you over the last couple of weeks what I've been going through in the area of asking God. So as soon as Dennis declared that word, I went home that Sunday and I began to ask God. I even asked during the service, God, is there any area in my financial past that you want to clean up? And he said, yes. And I said, oh, no. <laughs> so, yeah, that's a good point. So, God, let me ask this. Is there anything you, you need to clean up about my past? Yeah. No. And he said, yes, Eric, there is something that I want you to clean up. And I want you to address from your financial past. And he lovingly corrected me. He lovingly convicted me. And I'm going to share what it is and, and how I'm cleaning up the mess. So, after I went full-time into the ministry, um, my income dropped. Way dropped. We, it was a wing and a prayer. It was faith. And I was in business, and I was making really, really good money. And there was fear. Anybody ever deal with fear in their finances? How in the world? I remember Christy Davis coming to me. You just keep tithing what you were making, and God will bring breakthrough. I remember that word. And so I did. I, I continued to tithe on what I made from the company I worked for, and I kept going down and down and down. And praise God. What is happening? But at any rate, in that time, there was a family member that gifted Karen and I a substantial amount of money. And I, glory, hallelujah! <laughs> it must be for us. It must be for me. And we brought that money in and took care of some things and got resituated, and uh, God said, Eric, you never tithed on the increase. Oh, yeah, I remember that. You never tithed on the increase, Eric. Now, I'm not talking about legalism here. I'm talking about a relationship with God. And I said, I remember that, Lord. I was in fear, and I thought, that you were just providing for me. And he said, I want you to clean that up. So I said, okay. And so last week in the tithe, the tithe offering last week, I took out of my emergency fund and I wrote the check for that tithe. And I cleaned my mess up. So the next day, we go to staff meeting and I go to Tom and Shelly and I say, hey, Dennis Kramer's word, is there any place as a church we need to clean up our financial past? Is there any place that, since the church's money's tight, is there any place that we need to clean up the financial past of the church? And we began to pray, and we began to see, I saw, we sought the Lord. And uh, to be honest with you, there was no conviction, there was no th- nothing. We've been generous, we talked about how we'd been generous to, to Lynn, and 
and sowed money into him and many into other men and, and other women and how we had paid and what we've done in offerings and, and, and missions. And, and we just, you know, I just went over that after staff meeting. I prayed about it. Didn't, we didn't get anything. Matter of fact, that day at the end of staff meeting, someone had come in and they were sharing some things about their life and what God's doing. And they, out of their mouth, they said, I've never been, I've never seen leadership so generous in any church that I've ever been in. And uh, I was like, Tom goes, I think that's our confirmation that the Lord's okay with, with the way church has spent money because we have been faithful to pay the bills and to do what God is, wants us to do. But I wanted to double check. You know, I'm, I'm doing the prophetic word. I'm asking anything about our past as a church, anything about our past. So that was the very next day. So we went through that and God brought some confirmation. And then week two hit me. Week two, it's a, it's, it's a, you know, I've, I feel like I've done what the Lord has asked and I've prayed through the, the, the journey. And then week two, it was a Tuesday morning about 2 a.m. and I can't sleep. I cannot sleep for the, for the life of me. And I'm rolling, tossing, and turning. It's like, oh, I want to get back to sleep. Anybody been there before? And so I just said, okay, Lord, are you trying to speak to me? I'm a little slow in hearing sometimes. Lord, are you wanting to say anything to me? And guess what the first thing that came to my mind? Dennis Kramer's word. You don't ask me a question because you need the answer. You need me to know the answer, right? Right. So, uh, okay, I said, okay, what, what are you trying to get at me? And this is where it gets even a little more vulnerable. He said, uh, you owe your mother-in-law money. What are you talking about, Willis? So, several years ago, we had taken my mother-in-law uh, to Florida because she just loves to go down there. And we try, we're, you know, she's at the end of her days. We're trying to honor her and bless her. And we took her to Florida. And um, what she does is she pays for the plane flight for whoever accompanies her. And so the unaccompanied minor is my son, Abraham. <laughs> and so he flies down with her and uh, gets her on the plane, gets her off the plane and all that kind of stuff. And she's always paid for his flight. And her flight, no problem. But he said, um, <clears throat> so there's been, since that purchase, there's been a couple other flights that we've paid for. And guess what it does? It goes back to the credit card of the credit card that you put on file. And there were two plane tickets, one for Joel and one for another person in our family that got put on her credit card. Dang, yep, you're right. I didn't pay her. Right, a checkout. Suzanne Kirkpatrick. I deposited in her bank, paid her back. All's clear. Forgive me, Lord. So I've confessed some things, and I take care of all the finances for my mother-in-law. I pay all the bills. I take care of all that stuff because she's not where she's at. And so I just ask, is there any way I'm spending money for her that you're not pleased with? And so there were a couple things that I need to address in that, and I addressed them. Talked to her, we've talked it through, and it has to do with Joel's education because she's always helped with Joel's education. And so I wrote a check for some of Joel's education that I thought she said she was going to pay for, and I paid, and I paid the other part, and Joel pays the other part. And so there was some more. And so all this money just went out of my emergency fund bank account last week, all gone. Emergency fund. 
really uncomfortably low. Anybody ever had an emergency fund that's really uncomfortably low? <laughs> Some of you are going, what's an emergency fund? <laughs> you mean we're supposed to have one of those? <laughs> oh, sister, I live on faith. <laughs> well, let's talk about budgeting, okay? <laughs> we'll go and get there. So over the last couple of weeks, I've confessed my sin and turned from it and cleaned up my mess and made restitution. And uh, on Friday, I get a check that I wasn't expecting. <laughs> they put all the money back. Do we trust God for his provision or not? We've heard all about it this morning. But my question is, is are we mere listeners of the word or are we doers? Have you addressed your financial past? Mine had to go beyond repenting. It had to go to restitution. I had to clean my mess up. And so my question is, is do you owe anybody money? Have you addressed your financial past? Could it be stopping up the source and the flow of income? Could it be keeping the flow of the presence of God in your life held back? Do you rob God or are you generous to God? <laughs> are you generous to God? I started listening. I started looking up the statistics of what America spends on all the junk that we think is so important to us. I looked up the average or the, the, the statistic for tithing, and I couldn't find the amount that Americans tithe. It was under tithing and it was under charitable organizations, and it was $50 billion dollars. But you know what? America spends more on convenience stores, not counting your gas. America spends almost 300 billion, 300 billion on convenience stores, golf cups, ding-dongs, potato chips, consumption. 300 billion and God gets 50? Six times the amount Americans spend on Speedway and, and gas stations. That should offend you. That we actually spend more on our consumption than we do with God. The average American 
only two out of five even tithe and give 10% of their income to God. And so I'm a little sobered right now. Bear with me. Malachi 3 says this about the tithe. Malachi was a prophet. It was the last prophetic word that was spoken by a prophet in the Old Testament before the 400 years of silence. Imagine 400 years of silence from God. And Malachi's prophesying to Israel, and he says to Israel, Ever since the time of your ancestors, you have turned away from the decrees and have not kept them. Return to me, and I will return to you. Everybody say, return to me, and I will return to you, says the Lord Almighty. Say it again, return to me, and I will return to you, says the Lord Almighty. And Israel was going, but what do you mean, return to me? What are you saying? Okay. Our ancestors haven't been, have been away from you. We've been away. And he says, and here's what God says, but you ask, how will we turn to you? Will a mere mortal rob God? Yet you rob me. But you ask, how are we robbing you, God? Before I show the rest of the scripture, the returning of God's people was tied to this. And this is what God said. In tithes and offerings is how you're robbing me. And because of it, you are under a curse. Your whole nation. Because you're robbing me. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse. Bring the whole 10% into the storehouse. The, the, the Jewish law was again, 10% of your increase was given to God. If it was, if it was flour, it was 10% of the flour. If it was wheat, it was 10% of the wheat. If it was your livestock, the first 10% of your livestock, you gave it to God. Offerings is a whole other thing. Offerings and alms, dear God, if we could get, this church, get the body of Christ to tithe, We'd be okay with offerings, but offerings is even on top of tithes. And God's saying, you're robbing me because you don't do it. And because you're robbing me, you're under a curse. You have lack. But he says, bring the whole tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates. Everybody say floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing pour out so much blessing everybody say pour out so much blessing in other words destroy your lack and there will not be room enough to store it returning to god is tied to your money This affects us all. I've already shared how it's affected Pastor Eric. Your prosperity is determined by your generosity. Your generosity determines your prosperity. Say with me, my generosity determines my prosperity 
that was the prophetic word from Dennis Kramer to all of us in this house. And what are you going to do with it? Are you going to be mere hearers of the word or will you be doers of the word? Will you correct your financial past? Will you ask God, God, is there anything that you want me to clean up? And for some of you who have no emergency fund, it will take time to clean up your mess. But as soon as you put your faith to it and you know it's a prophetic word from heaven and you know God is telling you to do it, he will empower you. And as soon as you take that first step of obedience to clean one up, just clean one up, start with one, and I start to clean that mess up. And I went to my mother-in-law last week. I said, Granny, I'm sorry. I said, I thought you wanted to spend that this way, and I, I misunderstood you, and I'm sorry. Please forgive me. Oh, it's okay. You know, it was no big deal to her, you know, but it was a big deal to me. It was for me, not her. So again, is there anything in your financial past that needs cleaned up? Would you just close your eyes for a moment? I'm actually going to stop the message right here. I was going to go on, but for the sake of time, I have a sensing that the Spirit of God wants to convict us and is already convicting us. If I could have some music, Clayton, I want you to stand up with me. I first want to apologize that I haven't spoken on finances. And part of the responsibility of your being bound is because I haven't shared it enough. And I repent and I ask that you forgive me. Finances are a wonderful thing. But the love of money is definitely a root. It's okay to have money. Money just can't have you. Would you be daring enough right now to ask God and tell Him, I want to clean my mess up? <coughs> Father, what is it that you want me to clean up from my past? Lord, bring to my remembrance. where I have failed you. Maybe, maybe it is with the tithe. Maybe it's with being generous towards God and you haven't been generous. Well, the Lord says to return to me. Return to me. And see if I will not Pour out such a blessing that you cannot contain it. Just, just, just test me in this. Test me in the tithe. When Elijah went to the widow 
And God had spoken to Elijah that the widow was going to provide food for him. He went to the widow and she had nothing. Just barely enough to make for her and her son. And then they were going to die. Because the famine on the land had affected the food source. She said, man, Elijah, I don't have anything to give you. We're getting ready to go home and die. I don't have the money. And many of you are in that place where you go, Eric, I can't. I don't have the money. Oh, yes, you do. God always provides seed for the sower. You're just going to have to get some emotional healing when it comes to fear over your finances. But you can give. And by faith, it may be $10 this week, it may be $20 next week, and you begin to, by faith, you begin to stretch out and trust God. I, I could have went down the statistics with you guys this morning of how America is spending $240 billion on getting drunk. $200 billion on video games. $200 billion on video games. $1 billion just on beer. Alcohol is expensive. Quit it. Give it up. Karen and I had a garage sale and I, I repented after the garage sale. God, have how we accumulated all this stuff. Forgive us. Forgive us. See, in America, we've messed up and we've, we don't understand the difference between needs and wants. We buy things based upon emotions. I had a father tell me the other day, yeah, he went into this neat store where it had this coffee mug. And the coffee mug said, good morning, pumpkin. And the daughter's cat's name's Pumpkin. And they got to have that $21 mug. Got to have it. Emotionally, I've got to have that mug. Makes no sense to spend 21 bucks on a coffee mug that a 15-year-old probably isn't going to use. But we do that and we drop money hand over fist emotionally in order to make ourselves feel better. And we wonder why we're numb towards the Lord. So what's God asking of you this morning? Here's what I saw in the Spirit. I saw us putting our billfolds on the altar this morning. If you're like me, you don't come to church with your billfold. Maybe your phone represents your billfold because your bank account's on your cell phone. I've 
it was confirmation when Jeff was doing the offering and he said what he said about the offering, your pocketbook. If you're willing to surrender your finances to the Lord, don't do it because everybody's looking. And I'm not saying leave your billfold here. I have had that happen before. Somebody left the billfold with me for over a week. Oh no, I want that back now. Still had the money in it. But as a prophetic gesture and as a prophetic sign of obedience, are you willing to lay your finances at the altar for the Lord and do exactly what Jeff said at the offering? Lord, how do you want me to spend my money? And what are you wanting me to correct? And so if you want to spend some time with the Lord, this is going to be the end of the service. We're going to have them continue to pray, to, to uh, put a music on. And if you want to surrender your billfold, your pocketbook, your cell phone to the Lord as a sign of a covenant and a returning to the Lord in your area of your finances, next week I will talk about a different area on finances before I jump back to the other topics that we've been talking about. But I hope this is sobering. Is this sobering for anybody besides me? So James 1 says, don't be mere listeners of the word, but today be doers of the word. And let's obey prophetic word given by Dennis Kramer. And let's ask God, is there anything I need to clean up? In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.